Hello, everybody. This is Joshua Hatton with One Nation Under Whiskey Podcast. I'm joined today, and I'm joined as always, and this time I'm joined in Campbelltown, uh, Scotland, with my good friend, my business partner, who I'm glad to have back. I had Matt Reese uh, for a while, but you know he's he's a busy guy. He's got acting to do and and Emmys to win and such. And so anyway, I figured I'd I'd welcome Jason back to the podcast in this very surprise uh, Campbelltown Festival focused episode. This is this is what um, people like, Joshua. This is a twist in the tale. All right. A twist in the tail. Unexpected, out of nowhere. <laughs> I think I saw that, a twist in the tail. <laughs> back from the ashes. Here comes Jason. Guess who's back? Back, back again. again. Jason's back. Jason's back. Tell a friend. Tell a friend. Oh, are we on Echo? <laughs> I figure you'll just seam those up. <laughs> no, I'm not going to. I just poured whiskey <laughs> in my hand. So, listeners may hear a bit of background noise. And the, well, the background noise that you actually hear is Jason and I are on the beach by the Makrahanish golf course. Uh, we are. It's true. Normally, <laughs> this is a dark, foreboding, gray sky, wind-blowing-a-hooli mm. type of location. And today, there is limited clouds mm. in the sky. They're all very low. Mm-hmm. And you and I found a little hidey hole between the rocks. Hey, now. Limited wind. Yeah, the wind never goes away. Yeah. How does one blow a hoolie? Blow a hoolie. It's to blow a gale. <laughs> What's a gale? Wait, who's gale? <laughs> it's a big wind. <laughs> oh, okay. Big wind. You okay. know big wind. Oh, yeah. I've spent time in enough hotel rooms with you. Yeah. You know, know big, big wind. wind. Every, all of our listeners know big wind as well. <laughs> so we have spent our day mm-hmm. at the Springbank Distillery. Mm-hmm. We started with a wonderful sensory masterclass uh, hosted by Lee Watson. Yeah, the good Ronald Watson's wife, Ronald being basically the, the global sales guy for Spring Bank. He is, and I love the fact that we can listen to Lee, who has a degree from Harriet Watt in brewing and distilling. Yeah, right. And she was incredibly knowledgeable today in presenting the art and science of maturation, mm-hmm. along with Findlay. Uh, Findlay's last name? Roos. Ross, R-O-S-S? R-O-S-S. Ross. Roos. No, thank you, sir. No, Ross is R-O-S-S. R-O-O-S is Roos. He's not R-O-O-S. He is, if you look in the bottle. It's Roos. There's no way in creation he's R-O-O-S. Well, then he doesn't have to sign his last name. I'm not going to back down. You need to back down. I won't back down. (laughs) So we did a, a wonderful tasting with Finley and Lee. Where we tasted Kilcarran New Make, Hazelburn New Make, Springbank New Make, Long Row New Make. Uh-huh. And then when we tasted each of those four whiskies matured in cask type X, mm-hmm. we tasted the accompanying cask X. type. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So we tasted some Madeira today, some rum, some Oloroso, some Pinot Noir. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some, uh, some Tennessee, bourbon. Yeah, some Tennessee bourbon. Tennessee bourbon. Which I assume to be Dickel. Uh, I don't know how it could be anything else, but, you know. Well, because there are other producers. It's a very general term. Yeah, okay. And it was, it was a fascinating presentation, lecture, masterclass, call it what you will. Mm-hmm. And then we skipped the cues 
and we went to the festival bottlings, and we picked up a bottle of the Long Row 15. Yeah, so which we'll talk about more in a second. I'll circle okay, back to okay, that. Okay, okay, yeah, go. We picked up the Hazelburn 21 mm-hmm. and the Springbank 8 in Sherry. Yes. So yeah. just so people are aware, you know, this is the Campbelltown Festival. And as you can imagine, a big festival focused on the various Campbelltown distilleries. These distilleries are going to want to celebrate and celebrate they do by um, highlighting. Should we insert celebrate good times? Come on. You know, I hated that song. Oh, Oh, I hated that song. I had a a babysitter who, um, have I ever told you this? I don't think so. Well, depends where this goes. It hasn't started out particularly well. Oh, no, it's not good. So there's two songs that when I hear them, I, I, one, one makes me scared. Okay. And then one just angers me. Okay. And so the one that angers me is <laughs> celebrate good time. Come on. Uh, I don't know why it angers me, but it ha- it's connected to some childhood memory that that, uh, <laughs> that you buried. That I buried. But the other song where that I get kind of nervous when I hear it uh-huh. is um, "Oh My Darling Clementine." Okay. So I had a babysitter who would hit me. <laughs> and I can I can see why. <laughs> you can see why. Yeah, that's, that's not complicated. <laughs> and uh, I I recall getting hit when old old you know. When my darling Clementine why, came on. Why was that song playing? I don't know. Like, what else do you beat children to? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, trust when, me, mate. Listen, when you when you beat your children, what song are you playing? Yeah, I was going to say, trust me, mate. I come from Scotland. You don't need a soundtrack <laughs> in Scotland. You just beat your children early and often because they clearly deserve it, and you don't need a special soundtrack. Oh, a, f- a fucking beach fly fell I into know. my whiskey. These little sand flies are. So here's the thing. I said this to you as we were looking for our spot. If you get the wind up, there's no sand flies. Mm. If the wind drops, mm. you get sand flies. Mm-hmm. And so we found a protected little spot, and that means sand flies. So if you see my hand. I've got the top of my glass yeah, covered. Smart. So the little buggers can't get inside it. Smart. So that brings us back around. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to circle back to it. We're sitting on the beach, yep. Macrahanish, mm-hmm. uh, west, very west coast, uh, Campbelltoon. We're looking at the Paps of Jura. Yeah. We're looking at Isla, where we will be in a couple of days. And we have poured. Are we looking at Ireland as well? Uh, Ireland's behind us. Oh, Ireland's behind yeah. us, okay. I don't have eyes in the back of my head, no matter what I tell my kids. <laughs> so you and I came down here. We've opened up the Long Row 15-year-old. It is cast type, fresh rum casks. Yeah. Distilled February of 2004. Mm-hmm. And then released today, the 23rd of May, 2019. That's wild. Released today, and we opened it today. Heck yeah! I love that. Heck That's yeah. something about that is fantastic. Yeah, fifty-two point four percent alcohol, and one of uh-huh. nine hundred and eleven bottles. Nine eleven. Oh Jesus! Christ, this took a dark turn. <laughs> Never forget. Never. So, so here we are, and we've we've given it a pour. This is the whiskey that we're protecting from the sand flies. Mm-hmm. Reflective gold. 
very reflective gold. A really beautiful color. I think on the masthead, we've got the photo that we just took in the, the pebbles here. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very reflective. Nice little bit of stank. Long row stank. So on the nose. So something else to to let our listeners know, because Jason's talking about stank on a whiskey. We're also on the beach in low tide, and there's seaweed everywhere. <laughs> so are you smelling the whiskey? Are you smelling <laughs> actually, the seaweed? Actually, I thought you were going to say um, the second event that we attended today at the Springbank Distillery was the Springbank Warehouse tasting. Oh, that's and Brilliant. we kicked off, as you and I, I think, both posted on Instagram with the 21-year-old Hazelburn, mm. all 21 years in Firstville bourbon, mm-hmm. and it was spectacular. It was, it was drop-dead gorgeous. Absolutely wonderful. And then we followed it with an 8-year-old sherried Springbank. It wasn't sherried. It wasn't no, sherried? No, 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 no. It was a Firstville octave, Firstville bourbon octave. Oh, Okay. But it, it was huge pickled onions on the nose. Yeah, massive. It was yeah. a real funky monkey. Yeah. Yep, yep. A little bit like our, our Craig Elicky mm. that we released in the fourth uh, Single Cast Nation retail release. Mm-hmm. Real funky monkey. And so now that I'm sticking my nose... Oh, and well, actually then, whiskey number four was a 17-year-old long roll that neither you nor I liked. No, I, I would say it was... It was, it was Unidimensional, it yeah. presented one thing, and that one thing it presented was not a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't a great one. But However, since popping the cork yeah. on the long row 15, yeah. it's, it presents the long row peat really nicely. Which, for me, comes across as tropical fruit. Mm. Which, it's not smoky, and it's not peat. I mean, you you get that bit of earthiness that comes through, which is which is a peat element, correct? Right? Taking us back to the differences between smoke and peat, correct? Peat being um, earthy, but I think of earthy tropical fruits like papaya comes to mind, right? Yeah, I think it takes the rum sweetness really well. I and you and I discussed this earlier today, uh, and and with other people last night. So far, we've seen Jens Fischer, we've seen Bozzi, uh, we've seen uh, Yusuf from Turkey. Uh, we saw a, a uh, chap today, wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, Ian Petrie, right? Uh, 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 Harry Pete, yeah, that's what I call him. You call him Harry, Harry Pete, Pete, even though his name's Ian? He shaved his beard a long time ago. But oh, yeah. He, yeah, he was Harry Pete. Right. And um, and then that chap with the handlebar moustache, who, oh, who yes. came up and introduced himself and said, big fan of One Nation Under Whiskey. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah, yeah, I forget lovely. his name. Oh, I feel bad. Yeah, we saw Matt Luren, nice. of course. Yeah, of course. Saw, saw the good Matt Luren. And have been hanging out with Jess uh-huh. Lomas. And uh, our friend John K. I still can't pronounce his last name, and I've known him for a few years. And uh, Eric Morgan, who uh, are, well, John is a Connecticut guy. Eric's a Massachusetts guy. And they're out here enjoying the Campbell Tune Fest. Yeah, absolutely. The, the, the point I was making there is we've been talking with different people mm. that were not necessarily rum cask matured whiskey fans mm. mm-hmm. and seeing in a long row in a rum cask wasn't particularly exciting to me or, or to you no nope. and yet it's one of the better things we've tasted uh, since being here it's really really good and you know what when it comes to Springbank Distillery for me their sherry releases well first off and I may have mentioned this on the podcast, Springbank is is my favorite distillery. 
Um, but I find their sherry matured whiskeys to be hit or miss. Mm. And when they're hit, man, are they hit. And when they're miss, usually it turns out as some sort of this, you know, it, it becomes unidimensional because the casts that they're using are so fresh, so rich, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, we had a miss this morning in the sensory tasting. Oh, the, we the did, Ola, yeah, the Oloroso Springbank yeah. 2004, yeah, 2004 yeah. was was not successful. It was not successful. Yeah. Uh, but this, you know, now we're not dealing with sherry. We're dealing with rum, which rum cask matured whiskey for me tends to be a miss every time. Yeah. For me. But this is... For it's, me, it's like that with port. Is it? Port matured for me tends to be a Why miss is that? every what do, time. What do you not like about port matured? It's disjointed. You, okay. you get the whiskey experience, which I like. Mm-hmm. You get the port experience, which I like. But they never come together. It never feels like a port matured scotch. It just feels like port and scotch in the same glass sitting like oil and water. So it's like making a peanut butter and pickle sandwich. I must have been drinking a lot because that sounds really tasty right now. <laughs> I think you're just pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> Can I have a bite of cold to go with that? So, yeah, so we're drinking this delicious... 15-year-old uh, Cameltown Festival Day long row bottling from, from fresh rum. And, and we're doing it in Campbelltown uh, on the beach, uh, looking at a duck just floating in the water there. <laughs> but, Jason, why are we recording this little episode? Like, what's... I, this was your big f- idea. <laughs> it's for the connectivity with the listener. Right. Um, the more that we get out, the more that we meet our listeners and the more that mm. people come up to us and say love the podcast it just reinforces what we've been doing for the last three years now yeah. we're into our third season mm-hmm. and and I just like that connectivity and so I just wanted an opportunity to talk to our listeners get something on wax and let mm. them know about a tasty treat that obviously not all of our listeners in Campbelltown have access to this type of whiskey. Mm. But if you see it at auction, you know it's a good one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, you know what I wanted to tell our listeners? Yeah. And we just secured this today. Now, <laughs> longtime listeners will know that we have, for close to three years now, been working on a Worm Tubs episode. It's true. And... We spoke with Ranald Watson, who, again, a global sales guy for Springbank, saying, hey, we want to take you to the side. We want to talk to you about the worm tubs that you're using. And he said, I, I could do that, but you should really <laughs> talk to my wife, Lee, uh, because she actually understands and knows the worm tubs far better than I do. So we saw Lee, and we're going to talk to her. Yep. Yeah, and, I'm looking forward to that yeah. conversation. Part of our tasting of Springbank new make today was me looking for that meatiness, Mm. the heaviness, the weightiness. Did you find it? I did. did. I did, I did, I did. It's a a cracking new make spirit. Did you find it, though, in the Hazelburn new make? A little bit. It's a a distant note. Mm. I think you and I both agree the Hazelburn new make has a Campbelltown quality about it yeah without necessarily having a springbank quality about it yeah there's a there's a freshness and a bright fruitiness to it that neither springbank nor nor longro uh new makes have to correct it. yeah correct although i will say having that longro new make this morning i was in love absolutely in love 
What, why? What about the, what about the long grown new make? It has a rich yeah. pepperiness, okay, that lingers for a long time, and it's just fully enveloping. I was really impressed by it. I absolutely had it as my favourite new make of the four that we had this morning. Mm. Okay, you had a you had a preferred. I did well. From the three, right? So, just just really from quick. the three of the four we had. From the three of the four, yeah. And and I just want to put this out there for <laughs> for listeners who may not be familiar, though I imagine most people know. But just in case they don't, the Springbank Distillery produces three different kinds of whiskey. You've got Hazelburn, Springbank, and Longrow. The differences between the three: Springbank, the original, which is two and a half times distilled, lightly peated. In 1973, the Springbank Distillery started producing Longro, which is two times distilled, heavily peated. And then in 1997, they started producing Hazelburn Spirit, which is triple distilled and completely unpeated. So you have, starting with Hazelburn, you have unpeated, then with Springbank, two and a half times distilled, lightly peated, and then with Longro, two times distilled, heavily peated. So, yep. so we tasted those three different new makes, all coming from the same distillery. But then there was also the fourth one was the new make from the, the their sister distillery, Glengyle, which produces the Kilcarran single malt, and their new make. And I got to tell you, I thought that that new make was fan-freaking-tastic. Yeah. I'm, Fantastic. That was the point at which you and I once again dissolved the company. And that's when I stabbed you in the chest. <laughs> I I just... We dissolved the company. I just didn't <laughs> dig the Kilcarran new make spirit. So you, you explained to me why. And to be quite honest, I wasn't listening to you because I didn't care. Because I knew you were wrong. <laughs> but, but why... Not only being dismissed. One half of the company being dismissed <laughs> out of hand. CEO, COO, you know. Um, so, uh, the paperwork says 50 50. <laughs> <laughs> so, what, t- tell me again, what was it about that new make that you didn't like? I'm willing to say mm-hmm. it tasted a little fainty. It almost tasted like a, a new distillery who's still figuring it out and not a distillery that's been put together by Frank McCarty, a a gentleman who knows more about whiskey than I will ever know in the rest of my life. And I feel incredibly wrong commenting on his type of new make spirit, but it just didn't seem like a complete spirit to me. It just tasted like an afterthought. That's and and I, I used to buy the Kilcarran work in progress bottles. I, I, know you I, did, I yeah. collected those and, and opened them and shared them and, and tried to understand the process. And I liked those work in progress bottles more than I like today's new make spirit. Mm. That's that's interesting. We were also I, at the distillery last night for the distillery dinner. Oh yeah. Where we yeah. tasted a fino matured, an oloroso matured, and a port matured Kilcarran. And the idea behind the dinner, now there were 90 people at this dinner, and it started off with a champagne uh, social gathering. 
Uh, we call that a champagne reception in Scotland. Champagne Joshua. reception. Champagne okay. reception. So it started off with the champagne reception, and then we went on to taste the three different whiskeys. Now you, yes, sir. sir. Yes, sir. Aren't giving the full picture of these three whiskeys. I I tried not to. Right. So there was an ex fino cask, ex oloroso cask, and an ex port cask. However, what Kilcarran did, or Glengyle, however you want to call them. They let those whiskeys mature in first fill, insert that type of wine here, and then finished them for an extra five years and refill bourbon. So these were 15-year-old Kilcarans. And, but it's that, it's that five years in refill bourbon that tells you everything you need to know. Oh, look at you looking at the negative. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. You, you, t- you tell them. What you think? How dare you, sir? <laughs> at at ten years mm-hmm. in first fill fino, first fill oloroso, and first fill port, mm-hmm. they were done. They were too far along, and you move them into refill bourbon to get them to throw on the brakes. Yeah, to and to start to mellow out, yeah. evolve in a different direction, and I've. I've never heard it in my cream puff where you go 10 full years mm-hmm. in a first fill something. Mm-hmm. That's, that's already crazy numbers. And then you throw on the brakes with refill bourbon. Yes, you have. And we're now at heard five years. You've heard this before. Not, not, not 10 full at first and five full at refill. Yes, you have. What? Aaron. That's what James McTaggart did. When he joined Isle of Arran Distillers, they had a bunch of either knackered wood or over over active wood, and he would move stuff. In, he'd move some stuff into first fill, and he'd move a lot of stuff into refill. I've only heard about the knackered wood. I haven't heard about the overactive wood because they were not spending money. And when you don't spend money, you get knackered wood. If you're willing to spend money, you get overactive wood. Well, I've heard both sides of the coin. Uh, I might want to check your sources after we okay. uh, hit the stop button on this one. <laughs> <laughs> but but it is yeah. interesting to hear about so much activity from first fill mm-hmm. that you have to throw in the brakes with five years of refill. And, and then the ones we tasted last night, the Fino, which was the first one we tasted, mm-hmm. I, I didn't think it was a particularly great whiskey, However, it tasted a lot like the Fino in which it was matured. Oh, what that's what I loved about that right. whiskey is that it was true to the to the wine. Yes. That was previously in that cask. You could tell that off the bat. Okay, these are notes that I get from Fino Sherry. Yeah, my comment last night was if I had a bottle of this whiskey I would drink it in the afternoon mm. in place of a glass of Fino. Mm. And, and, you know, you and I have had our episode on Sherry. Mm-hmm. We've talked about Sherry on and off uh, across the episodes of the podcast. That was a real, true Sherry moment mm. with with how pronounced that Fino was in there. Mm-hmm. The Oloroso, the second cast that we tasted, wasn't as interesting of an Oloroso. I would much rather drink an Oloroso than that version of whiskey matured in Oloroso. Yeah, I I don't disagree with you. However, I kind of liked the familiar flavors from the Oloroso. And to me, 
it seemed uh, a, a bit more complete than the Fino. I think the Fino was still slightly disjointed from the nose to the palate, where the Oloroso, which was maybe a bit less less interesting than Correct. the Fino, was more complete from nose to palate to finish. And, and I, I agree with that that use of, of terminology. Thank it, you. It was definitely less complete and definitely less interesting. <laughs> That's what you said, right? I said the Did Fino was right? less complete. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then we got to the port. <sighs> and and what we, did I say? As we mentioned yeah, earlier, yep. and I, I'll give you your your okay. your, your due, yep. D-U-E, not J-E-W. I'll give you your due in due course. The, the port, which... Mm-hmm. You and I were not looking forward to. Yeah. It it didn't work. It just didn't work. And and I said to you, I would bottle the Fino. And you said to me, I would bottle the Oloroso. Yes. And then you said to me, however, and you, you had me at however, however, this group of people will go for the port. Yep. And and I I didn't want to believe you. And I really hoped you were wrong. Uh-huh. And then we did the vote. Yes. And it won in a landslide. In a landslide. And the Fino was second, and the Oloroso was third, with yeah. very, very few supporters. Yeah. But I was speaking then later at the dinner to, to this chap, Yusuf, mm-hmm. a good friend of Bozzi. Yeah, super nice guy. In from Turkey. Great, great guy. And he had said, he believed that part of the group was split on Fino, Part of the group was split on port, but if you'd asked everybody for their second favorite, it'd be Oloroso. Everybody <laughs> would have picked the Oloroso. Yeah, and, yeah. and given that the port won, I would have accepted a bottle of the Oloroso, even mm. though I didn't get my original selection of the Fino. Yeah. Yeah, I, I called it. <laughs> You did? Yeah. You did, and I I absolutely didn't want to believe you. So what was it about the port that made you think this is going to be the winner, even though it's my third favorite of the night? Two things. First thing, (laughs) uh, the color was, was, it was an interesting color. It was pink. Right, right. So the color of bloody raspberries. Yeah. Whiskey's not the color of bloody raspberries. Doesn't matter. That captures people's attention. And and then secondly, it was by far the most expressive. It was in your face. It was smashing flavors across your tongue. It was jamming scents up your nose. And it was it was forceful. It was big. It was massive. And a lot of people will say, oof, that's a that's a big oh, that's a good whiskey. That's a big whiskey. But you know, it's this type of fun environment where you're not really sitting down and judging the whiskey in a controlled environment, you're just amongst all your mates, your, your wives, your, your, your husbands, you know, whatever the case may be, and you're in the moment, and that big one is going to capture the attention. Right? Think about when you were on Isla last May, right? And you were at Brooklady, and you tasted the, the distillery Valanche bottling, you're like... Oh, this is good. I knew you were going to cast this right? in my face. Right. And what happened when you got home, Jason? I couldn't stand it. Couldn't stand it. Couldn't stand it. Because it, it was, was one big, big one-trick yeah. pony. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. And that's what this was. It was just a, a big old, maybe had a few tricks, none of which I enjoyed. 
but uh, <laughs> you know, but here's the interesting thing: yeah. you and I spoke to multiple professionals. I don't think this is speaking out of school, but we spoke to multiple pro- professionals uh-huh. who preferred the phenol over the other two. And it was in talking to punters, consumers, people who buy mm-hmm. bottles, mm-hmm. who love the port. And what really unnerved me about the selection, this is being yeah. very honest with you and very honest with our listeners, okay. what unnerved me so much is you and I make calls on casks mm-hmm. all, the time, all the time, professionally for our business, mm-hmm. and neither one of us would have bottled that port cask that was the favorite of consumers on the night. So what does that say about us? What does that that's, say about consumers? That's that's my concern. I, I is it a concern though? I mean, it, I mean, okay. okay so so let, let me put this out there. Yeah, I I just I want to make sure that people are understanding you correctly because I could take the very negative understanding of your comment saying. We professionals know what's good. You punters don't know what's good. Yeah, no, 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 no. And that's and I'm glad you're trying to clarify this because that's absolutely not what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is you and I have a particular style of selection yep. that people who are nation members, people who buy our bottles at retail, know to trust, know they mm-hmm. can rely on mm-hmm. our type of selections. But last night I got a little bit concerned okay that that we're not connecting with consumers exactly exactly that oh that how could consumers pick that port cask when you and i would never have picked it in a million years so you're saying we potentially uh could be missing opportunities we could be not connecting with the consumer and and where their flavor well, I guess my, 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 yeah. my question or my concern is, were those consumers last night representative of the consumers that we have in the nation? So, let me say this. Now, one of the things that I love about this festival, and I told you this morning while we were eating breakfast, you know, we had Russians behind us, we had French people at the other table, we had some other people I, I couldn't make out what language it was. Jokers to the left of us? Yeah. Uh, jokes. Cl- well, just clowns to the left of us, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. That's it. Listen to you with your perfect pitch. <laughs> oh, can we talk about that? Because I want to talk about that. Yeah, right? Keep the, moving. At the end. Yeah, okay. At the end, we'll have to bring this up. Um, <laughs> so, what the fuck was I saying? Breakfast. Voices. Right. You were yes. hearing voices at breakfast. I was hearing voices. <laughs> so my point is, just like what we experienced at breakfast this morning, we experienced at the dinner last night. And that was you had people from many different nations coming together. Okay. However, and, and our good friend uh, Jens Fischer would agree with this statement, there's a fair few Germans there. And we had talked about the fact that the German market really appreciates super heavily sherried, even heavily sulfured whiskeys, right? That doesn't work in America, mm-hmm. but it works in Germany. It works in Asia. It works in, in many different markets, just not ours. So 
I'm I'm a little less concerned because I think slash hope that our palettes line up to the palettes, you know, in the U.S. However, I think this is also a good lesson for you and I as we expand into Europe. Exactly. <laughs> right? Like, exactly. You know, taste of whiskey, uh, you know, is this, does this work for America? No, but it could work for another country. We still, however, Jason have to stand behind the whiskey. I'm not going to bottle liquid farts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. But it's interesting to me that you take a brand like Samaroli, which is well-known and well-regarded for being a very delicate, a very expressive, gentle, softer type of single malt. And as you and I look to, to sell into UK and Europe... How do we make our mark that's not a one-trick pony, a one-punch funky monkey? Yeah. Like you and I are, and I think that's what you rightly said a moment ago, you and I are going to have to stand behind every single cask and mm-hmm. say, if it's not big farts, if it's not big sulfur, if it's not big singular note, that's okay. Yeah. And maybe not everyone's going to buy our whiskey. And that's always been our position in America. Mm-hmm. And that maybe just has to be our position in UK and Europe. Right. And, and we've stood by whiskeys where we said, we love this. However, we know there are going to be people that will not connect to it or, or even worse, hate it. And I think the very first example of that that we've ever had was, was our, West, our fr- very first Westland, the two-year-old, yeah. heavily peated in Firstville Sherry that was... That reminded me of a Lechig. And now this is back in 2014 when no one was really drinking Lechig. Um, if only that were still true, Joshua. Right, if only that were still true. But My now, collection could continue to grow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and we've got this Beaumont coming up, which is, you know, FWP, which yeah. is that floral, lavender, perfumed style <laughs> that we love. You got one of the three letters. <laughs> the F is not for floral. The P is for perfumed. What's the W for? Uh, that's uh, women who work a certain segment of the evening. Oh, so we were talking about this before, the professionals. <laughs> and they do know best. They do know best. <laughs> uh, so, so we had a night in Campbelltown. That was the dinner. Then we had a day in Campbelltown. That was the various classes that we went to, the warehouse tasting, the art and science of maturation. I had a couple sandwiches and such, and now we're recording this. What's... What, tomorrow? Yeah, what's, what's tomorrow looking we like? We have for a us? Caden Heads Focus tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Caden Heads Focus. <laughs> <laughs> Caden Heads, like most yeah. how Scots yeah. pronounce it. Yep, Caden Heads. Um, we have the wee Caden Heads tasting mm-hmm. at noon. It's with children. And we have the big... Cadenheads tasting at 3pm mm. and those are our two tastings tomorrow and then we jump in the car and we head to the ferry and we go to Isla and so when people hear this episode it will actually be the day we're leaving Scotland okay we're gonna put this out before Matthew Reese. yeah this awesome. is going to be and that's why I said surprise surprise uh-huh. surprise 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 half an episode yeah, just have a little thing out there to say, hey guys, we're, we're you know, it's, it's, it's funny. We're here enjoying ourselves, doing doing the Campbelltown Festival, doing about to do the Isla Festival, and we're continually thinking, 
how can we talk to our our listeners? That's it. How can we connect with That's them? That's exactly it. And and Jason, you know, just as we're leaving Springbank Distillery, said, "Let's let's hang out by the beach and record and talk to talk to our <laughs> listeners." And I really freaking loved that idea. As my butt goes numb sitting on this half a rock down by the beach, I was told it was a good size. <laughs> Uh, so so we, we'll, we'll fill in a bit more detail on this episode, mm-hmm. but we'll leave it here for now, mm. and we'll catch you on the flip. Catch you on the flippity-flop. Cheers. Cheers, Jason. Cheers, Joshy. To you, to our listeners, to, uh, to the good people in Campbelltown who I think do a wonderful job celebrating Campbelltown itself and whiskey. Always. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Oh shit, Jason. God, I thought I crashed the car. <laughs> D. <laughs> That's not what you say to a man. Yeah. Well, you weren't, dr- were you driving? In my head. I'm always driving in my head. All right. <laughs> driving and crying? Uh, driving in my car. It's not quite a Jaguar. You don't know anything by madness, do you? Do you know what I do know? There it's is not something you could say about madness. During one of the Rocky Horror Picture Shows. No, we're not going to do Rocky Horror because I'm talking about madness. Okay. Madness. Nope. We're going to do 1980s British band. Okay. Known for singing the kids are playing up downstairs. Are they the ones that put the vomit in the record sleeve? Maybe. Yeah, I think that was Not real vomit. No, no, no. It was like green fake vomit. Anywho, you, you disrupted my thoughts about driving in my car. To, to why? Because life is a highway. Because that? Or is that the song that you're talking about? <laughs> I want to drive it all night long. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> but I know why you're singing. Oh, you do know why I'm singing. Did we get an email from a special <sighs> listener? We did. Mm-hmm. We did. And so I completely had forgotten. You know, we, you and I left left Campbelltown uh, to drive up to the Kennecraig Ferry to get the ferry from Kennecraig to Port Askeg. And we're here on Isla for Fijil. And as we were on the ferry, I realized, thinking back to our conversation on the beach in Campbelltown, that we hinted at an email that we got. We did. But didn't talk about the email that we got and in my opinion we did not and in my opinion it is easily <laughs> not only the most important part of this episode but but perhaps the most important email we've ever received but perhaps the most the truest email we've ever received this clearly is patently false however <laughs> i will indulge you and allow you to continue to read this email that you instantly fell in love with from the very kind Tim Gullicksrud. One of the things I love about it is that, <laughs> is that it's mostly about me. At least say the <laughs> thing I love about Tim is he sent in an email that's mostly about me. Well, you know what I like about Tim? <laughs> I was going to say your humility, but I don't think that works. I like that he uh, writes emails that are mostly about me. That's what I- <laughs> he is a good lad. I... One day I might get one about me, but that's okay. Your success is my success, my friend. Well, you need to 
you know, be a contributor of some sort for anyone to write anything. I'm certainly not going to achieve what he discusses in this email, so <laughs> I'm going to aspire to a different success. Uh, so, so if people are listening to this, obviously you can hear the background's a bit different. We are in the living quarters at uh, where we're staying, which is the Bomore Stables in Bomore on Isla. That's true. None of, none of that is untrue, Joshua. And we've had a long night last night and a long day and night this night. Hundreds of drams, good bit of beer, good bit of pizza, yep. and uh, a lot of queuing. To our American listeners, that's queuing means standing in a line or waiting in a line and slowly moving at a, at a crawl's pace in a line. And getting royally pissed on by the... The, by those Germans. The weather systems. Oh, the weather. That pound Isla. All right. I wouldn't say from behind. It pounds it from the west. <laughs> well, if you're on the south shore, which we were, it's pounding from the south? Nope. Yeah. We were being pounded from the west. We were? Okay. Anyway. I can't delay any longer. I must listen to this email. It's an important email. <sighs> Brace yourself, dear, dear yeah. listeners. So, thanks, Tim. It's fr from uh, Tim Gullixrud, and the subject title is "Great Show, Guys!" Exclamation point. Thank you. Starts with guys. I feel like I'm part of the success story. <laughs> and again, if you send us emails and you want us to pay attention to them, uh, again, you need to be complimentary in the subject. Which, you know, thankfully we, well, you know, it's never good to assume. But when you see the name Timothy Gullixrud come through in your email. Uh, he's he's sent in some nice emails before. He is very and kind chap, very kind. nice guy, great supporter of the Jubilee, great buyer of bottles. Hope his wife's not listening. <laughs> I think I've said too much. If you want to go back and believe that last statement, you're more than welcome to. Uh, so you see his name and you assume you're going to get a nice email. And I'll tell you what, boom. He didn't disappoint. He did not disappoint. So he says, gents. Great show. Once again, interesting and fascinating stuff. And by the way, Tim is talking about our episode with the good uh, Chris Udy. And I know this because of he, how he continues on. He talks about some of the content here. And he says, however, my question has nothing to do with whiskey and more to do with, oh gosh, there's a smile on my face as I'm saying this, Ugh. and more to do with the random clips that Joshua puts in referencing music and pop culture. In the case of the most recent episode, it was Smooth Operator and the Inquisition from Mel Brooks' classic History of the World Part 1. Now, I need to throw a little shade at, at Tim here, because he also missed a reference that I threw in. Uh, that was from the movie Airplane, where the guy said, Shane, uh, they knew what they were getting into. Yeah, I they do, bought their tickets. I do not remember that quote from Airplane. I say, let them crash. That's a serious quote. <laughs> serious. So he says, all the whiskey industry stuff aside, love that. But the random references to pop culture stuff are hilarious. They're not lost on me, and even if no one else cares about them, Keep them coming. Hilarious. <laughs> if no one else cares about them. <laughs> I'm hoping, my, 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 I have a sincere hope that there are some people that listen 
just for the pop references and, and, and stuff alone. Well, we certainly don't talk about whiskey very much, so I think they could get away with just listening for the pop <sighs> references. I don't know about that. We talk about a lot of whiskey. Anyway, so he says, so this is my question. When Joshua references a song, he sings it just before he inserts a little short musical clip of the song into the podcast. And this is true. And I try not to play too much because copyright infringements and things like that. You can play a certain amount. Uh, Anyway, uh, what I've noticed is this. When Joshua starts to sing and the recording starts a few seconds later, Joshua is singing in the same key and at the same tempo as the original song. Joshua singing in the recording match up like they're happening at the same time. Joshua, how do you do that? Do you have perfect pitch? How can you reference a song in the podcast when you start singing and it matches up so closely with the original? And he goes on, and I'll answer that in a second. And he goes on and he says, if I were to go to a, quote, normal person, (laughs) (laughs) a.k.a. Jason, (laughs) uh, and record them singing any song, and then compare that recording to the original recording by the original artist, the chances of the two recordings being in the same key and the same tempo so that they could be played side by side are minimal. Do you utilize some editing magic that I am unaware of? My musical mind is blown. Now, Tim is a music teacher. Wow. Yeah, so this is is saying stuff. Yeah, this is high praise. Good grief. And uh, there is a little PS in a bit, but he says, uh, anyway, that's all for now. Love the show and the whiskey and the comical cultural references. Great stuff. Cheers, Tim Gullicksrud. Cheers, Tim. Thank you, Tim. Uh, like I said, this is a very important question. Um, this is what? We're in season three now? God. Do you think we received a more important question? You know how you know how when you've got uh, teens or tweens or uh-huh. preteens? All right. You can... Is that like pre-cum? <laughs> Come on. You know Dan Grison's like, thank you, Joshua. Thank you. You can hear them rolling their eyes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Currently, I hope our listeners can hear me shaking my head. The whole way through that email, <laughs> I just shook my head because this is just going to make you so much more insufferable. <laughs> and my emphasis is on so much more insufferable. Not just, oh, Josh is going to be insufferable. No, this is going to ramp his insufferability through the roof. And I've still got three more days with him on Isla before I can have the peace and solitude of my own plane ride back to the United States. I tell you, this three days of heaven is a much better game than seven minutes in heaven. The fact that you were reflecting on this email on the ferry coming to Ireland, thinking to yourself, oh shit, we never talked about me. <laughs> we have to talk about me. Oh, gosh. I'm me. <laughs> and I have no perfect pitch to pull that off. So, to answer Tim's question. Yeah, I'm off to the bathroom. You take your time. <laughs> uh, I I cannot tell you if personally I have perfect pitch. However, I, I've i been singing my entire life. I've been playing music since I was six years old. And I've been playing instruments since I was around that age. 
And I have been told by many people in the, the theaters that I, I used to do musicals in, in uh, middle school and high school, um, music theory classes, etc., things like that, that, geez, Josh, you have near-perfect pitch. So I think uh, that, yeah, it may be near. I don't, I, Jason, I'm not a perfect man. I, I know that you think as such. No, speaking of, I need you to play with your instrument less. To be honest with you. But I only do it while I'm in the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) It's where you get the best acoustics. And uh, yeah, so I'm a bass player and rhythm is my thing. And all that stuff aside, most of my brain is filled with musical and pop culture references. And you mention a word and I think of songs You mention a word, and I think of movie clips, and that's just how my brain works. There's no magical editing stuff. I'm just magical, Jason. (laughs) And this has been Talking About Joshua Hatton with Joshua Hatton. Tune in next week for why he has the best dress sense and only the cool cats wear vans. But I'm so excited to hear that someone... Is, is is appreciating this. And I'm so happy that that one person has listened to this answer. <laughs> and then he goes on to say... <laughs> what? <laughs> well, no, there's stuff at the end. Hold oh, on. The P.S. Yeah, the P.S. We can never... We can't forget the P.S. Don't forget, Jason, you're awesome too in your own way. It says, P.S. Just bought the online MGP light whiskey bottle. The distilled and bottled dates align with my teaching career. Hmm. Distilled when I was hired, bottled at the end of this academic year. It's a career in a bottle. Oh, that's magnificent. That's cool. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Congrats on that. That absolutely is absolutely cool. sincere congratulations. That's absolutely wonderful. Oh, says, I'm really touched that those dates align. Yeah, right? That's very cool. Complete coincidence. <laughs> Sheer happenstance. <laughs> so he said he's going to use it to, uh, to toast to the end of the school year. Smart. And then... He, and this this is this is another reason why I like Tim. He makes a correction. Ooh. He says, and just to clarify things, Lily Tomlin played Ernestine the <laughs> operator on Laughing, not SNL. <laughs> I know this because my grandma thought she was hilarious. We are hitting all the high notes of our podcast. Man. Man, your your pitch and pop culture references and Lily Tomlin You're not perfect. being SNL. Oh, it wasn't SNL. What was it? Laughing. Laughing. Rowan oh, and Martin? What's that? Rowan and Martin's Laughing? I think so. And uh, who was the blonde girl on it? Was it Twiggy? I'm not getting involved in this. I think it was, was her name Twiggy? Goldie Hawn? I don't know. She's blonde, big eyes, very thin. You know, my type of girl. Played, Short hair. Played that Benjamin woman, Private Benjamin, the comedy? No, the still Goldie Hawn, and I still say I don't know. I think her name I was, was trying Twiggy. to backdoor you on Goldie Hawn. Please do not try to backdoor me. I'm a married man. I love you dearly. On Goldie Hawn. <laughs> Is that with the loons? Doesn't matter the context Fonda? or the setting. Yeah? Okay. Mm. Anyway. So, so Oh, that's on Golden Pond. <laughs> now that we've rambled on sufficiently. <laughs> this was going to be literally three minutes and we're bloody 20 minutes in. Um, very quickly. Go ahead. On Friday. Yes. Oh, we have to talk about whiskey, right? No, no. I'm actually going to talk about Jens Fischer. So. Oh, okay. Because again, we gave Jens a call out mm-hmm. in the Chris Udi episode. Mm-hmm. And 
we we met him in person in Campbelltown. Yeah, yeah, really lovely guy. Very, very lovely, absolute sweetheart guy. And he said, <laughs> "Love your podcast. Listen to your podcast every episode that comes out." However, it takes me three or four days to get through them because I'm only 20 minutes commute to my work. (laughs) And he said, and the reason I bring it up now is because of this long diatribe. He says, I will spend 20 minutes driving to work Mm -hmm. and you guys won't even mention whiskey once (laughs) on my favorite whiskey podcast. Uh He said, however, never change. That is not a concern that is not a complaint yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. keep doing what you're doing yep and i'm gonna keep listening and he loved it and we hugged and it was a very sweet moment and uh i've just part of why you and i did this trip yeah was to meet you know good people people like we him. know online yeah. people we hear from people we call out yep. um yeah just real special little treats here and there along the way and Maybe we'll end it with this, maybe we won't. But I've really enjoyed what what Yen said, and I say this because early on, and this is season one, there was a point where you and I were about to record an episode, and you had said, let's try to keep the preamble, you know, the preamble to the interview to a minimum, because I just, I don't know if people are necessarily interesting, interested in hearing what we have to say, I know that we think we're funny, but I don't know if people think that we're funny or if they're that interested in hearing us. They want to, you know, they see the name of the person we're interviewing and that's what they want to hear. And it was refreshing, not refreshing, but it was encouraging to hear that from Jens because we do do long preambles and because we are enjoying our own company and conversation. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Right? And and it's gotten to the point where we say, well, hopefully people like this and let's do what we do and and we're getting good feedback from from Tim with the pop culture reference stuff and from Yen saying, please don't change your format, which was very cool. Tastings and people come out to see us at tastings and say the same thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you, you can never say this enough. You can never email this enough. You can never... You know, review on iTunes enough, mm. all of the positive stuff just lets us know that, you know, we're entertained and so are you. And and the fact that we're building our base mm-hmm. right through now season three, incredibly wonderful. And I would use the word reassuring. And uh, it makes me feel good that we've got listeners who tune in for all of our fucking nonsense <laughs> and dick jokes. And I love every single one of you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's get back to thinking about driving on the road. Life is a highway. I want to ride it all All night night long. long. Oh, Jesus Christ.